Hello again everyone, welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination, I'm Mark Bibbert, and with me again as always is Matt Quest. Hey! Uh, today we have a special guest host, Matt Hardman, who is also a writer for our site. Hello! Uh, and then, if you guys haven't listened to our podcast before, our podcast focuses on the entire world of animation. Each episode we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion with us. Uh, no new releases this week, so we'll be back in a few seconds with our news. Such a nerd, I refuse to touch that strange bean curd. I wouldn't eat it, wow, but it ain't you. All right, news for the week. The first bit of news is Warner Brothers Home Entertainment has announced a release date and the official title for Flashpoint that they're going to be doing. It is officially titled Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox. It stars The Flash, who is trying to change a personal tragedy in his past, accidentally creates a time paradox which erases the world we know and leaves in its wake a twisted version where Bruce Wayne is dead and Thomas Wayne is the Batman. Wonder Woman and Amazons are at war with Aquaman and the Atlanteans, and Superman was found by the government and not the Kents, and he was raised in a continent, uh, continent? Uh, containment cell on a military <laughs> base to be used as a weapon. So the storyline for this seems pretty cool. Uh, the, the voices for this, Kevin Conroy is returning as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Uh, Ron Perlman is doing the voice of Deathstroke. Vanessa Marshall is Wonder Woman. And Dana Delaney is returning to the voice of Lois Lane. This is going to be coming out on DVD and Blu-ray and on demand on July 30th of this year. Uh, so I remember asking you about Superman or Matt Quest. I'm going to have to remember to do this. With this episode. <laughs> uh, I remember asking you about Superman Unbound, and you weren't like too keen or like that excited about it. Does what is this? I mean, this sounds a little bit different than you know your standard ones that they've been releasing. Plus the fact that it's not centered. Uh, Superman or Batman for once. So, what do you yeah. think about this? Um, so it's going to be a full-length animated feature. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't been the real big comic book guy, and I know Ralph would shun me on this once <laughs> again. But, um, you know, in his sake, I will go and watch this, and I will pay close attention to it, just for him. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm sure Mr. Ralph Apple will be very happy to hear you say that. about you, Mr. Hardiman? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Justice League, the Flashpoint um, Paradox? Yeah, kind of like you mentioned, like it's it's cool to see them focus on another character that's uh, in their universe. And from all the DC uh, animated uh, films that they've put out, they've all been pretty solid. Uh, so I, I'm all for them, you know, putting out uh, any any story they want to yeah and it doesn't it doesn't say right here but i'm wondering if michael rosenbaum will actually be doing the voice of the flash because uh, he's, he's done the voice in the past uh for the the animated series and then he did it for uh the justice league 
uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth one that they did. Uh, but Neil Patrick Harris also did the voice for The Flash in the, the new Frontier film that they did. So I'll have to look that up, but, but it wasn't like in this release that saying who did The Flash, which it seems kind of weird to not give the voice who's <laughs> doing The Flash when it's this one's, you know, it's, you know based around him. <laughs> But I guess exactly. we'll have to. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see if that. I like. I'd like either voice, uh, so we'll stay tuned for that. The next one is a big bit of news for all Pixar fans, myself included. Is there's an official title and a release date now for the sequel to Finding Nemo, and that title is Finding Dory, and the film will be coming out November 25th of 2015. Okay, so what did you originally think when this title came out? Because I didn't believe it at all. <laughs> uh, I thought it's. I think it's probably maybe mostly to kind of keep it with like in a franchise type of title, kind of like the same thing with the Monsters Inc. being yeah. Monsters University, and without you know without having to name it Finding Nemo Two since it's not really based on that. Uh, I, I like, and you guys saw what what the storyline is kind of going to be like for this too, right? Where Andrew sat and said he had always wondered why was Dory just like you know hanging out by herself there in the middle of of the ocean that one day, and I, I guess everybody from the original film will be back, like the characters, uh, and then it's gonna t- at least some of it's gonna take place along the California coastline. So I think I think it'll be interesting to see the tank gang actually in the ocean this time, uh, and I'm I'm wondering voice actor wise who will come back i'm assuming most well we already know albert brooks and ellen DeGeneres will be coming back as the respective characters marlon and dory uh, i'm wondering with alexander gould since he did the voice of nemo about 10 years ago and this film was supposed to take place a year after the events of that one if they'll they'll do fish aging so that it would still make sense for him to be doing the voice a year later for nemo since since he's like in his his early 20s now but hmm. yeah i mean i mean i'm excited for this what was that sorry i thought that would be the clever route to go to yeah. bring in the fish because i mean they did that with with jonathan morris for andy for the toy story movies too i mean he came back for two and then came back for part three but with that i mean it's a little bit different since yeah he's a human aging as a human would age so i don't know i guess we'll have to wait and see what that but or are you guys excited? Well, yeah, I think, you know, yeah. I mean, I've been waiting for uh, uh, two, but when I saw this, I'm like, this is just someone's prank on the internet. I don't believe this at all. And then as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, it's the real deal. I guess, all right, cool. Well, yeah, th- I mean, they were they were smart to release it April 2nd and not on yeah. the 1st. <laughs> if they released yeah. it on the 1st, I would, I would just totally wrote it off. Which, speaking of, I, I hope everybody enjoyed our April 1st joke on the website with uh, the thing saying Mr. Quest and I would be joining the voice cast of The Good Dinosaur along with Channing Tatum, uh, Lindsay Lohan, and Data from The Goonies and Slash Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I think there was a lot of people who didn't realize what day it was when we posted yeah. that. So I think we got a lot of people on that. That was pretty funny. Uh, uh, even yeah, even Mr. Mr. Hardman fell for it. <laughs> uh, Mark texted it to me and was like, "Hey, we did this," and I was like, "Oh, sweet, awesome!" 
And then I, as, as soon as I replied back, I realized what date, and was like, oh, you, you liar. Plain and simple, yeah. I thought it would be like too out there for anybody to actually believe that, but actually, I guess some people actually believe more in us than than what I thought people would probably believe. I guess I don't know. Because we're friends with Pixar guys, it was, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even question it. I was just like, oh sweet. I mean, <laughs> hey, I mean, we're we're we'd be open to be doing little cameo voices of you know two little dinosaurs walking around or two humans or something. Like that. Yeah, so. Austin or Chris or anybody, uh, Alex, if you want to get in touch with us, you know, you know where to email us. And I've actually, I've actually done some scratch tracks for some of the films I've worked on. People said I sound very good in my <laughs> studio, so. <Yeah. laughs> there you go, guys. There's there's our open letter to you to give us a little cameo role coming from our, our joke. Uh, the next thing I thought was kind of cool. I'm not even sure exactly how I got this in the mail, or, uh, but it was it was addressed to me on the podcast. Elevate, um, there was a typo. It said "amination," fascination. <laughs> switched the the N and the M around. Uh, but yeah, it came from the school of scaring. It was a, a letter from the office of the dean. Uh, I posted like I I scanned all this stuff and put it on the actual website. Uh, so it's like a letter from Abigail Hardscribble, the, the dean of the school scaring at Monsters University, and explains like how to be, for you to be proud and show to your school spirit. Uh, and then it came with the MU newsletter, which was like this this nicely printed like on like a like what you would you would see at a college if you grabbed it like I don't want to like the newsletter things there. Um, it's nicely printed like on this like glossy paper and it's. There's like fully written articles in there about like how it's their number one uh, for the prestigious school of scaring ranks uh, for the 143rd consecutive year. Uh, there's an alumni spotlight. There's uh, I mean there's an ad in there for Harryhausen's, which we will remember for Monsters Inc. There's an ad in there for recruiting new scarers at Monsters Incorporated. Uh, an ad for Mo the MU store, which where you can actually buy stuff. So I mean that was pretty cool, and then there's there's this thing in there that you could fill out like, like you would get if you're an alumni from a, a real school, to fill out you know like if they want money. This didn't ask for money on it, but it was just you know kind of I guess to quote unquote update their records. So you would say yes, I help, I'm pleased to help accelerate MU's progress mm -hmm. by continuing my support for the 2013-2014 campaign. Uh, and then you can say what you're an alumni from what school, and they give you the choice of like scaring engineering liberal arts and monstrosities, uh, screen can design, business, and door technology. And then it asks you if your spouse was also an MU alumni. So I filled that out and sent it in, even though it's addressed to Monsters University PO Box uh, A113, which I thought was funny. But I'm assuming like they have like a, you know, a 40 mail thing set up, so I'm not just like sending that out to the wind. Uh, and then and the last thing that came with it was a uh, Monster University alumni de uh, decal for a car. So um, that was kind of cool. But then I noticed uh, the address that they had there to send you to. If you go to it on the website, it says, Attention, there's been a distribution error in the latest mailing of the MU School of Scaring Alumni newsletter. If you have received the letter and are arriving at this page, please destroy and dispose of the contents and leave this page immediately. 
So interesting. Yeah, and then I asked one of the the people I'm friends with at Pixar on Instagram if they knew anything about it, and they said just that it was top secret and that I would enjoy my my top secret gift. So now I'm even more intrigued. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lucky you. Yeah, I'm not. I originally I was hoping it was kind of like our invite for the blogger day, but apparently they're only inviting uh, mommy bloggers to that this year. I don't know why. That's kind of interesting. But oh well, maybe we'll get invited for the good dinosaur next year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Uh, I mean, the viral marketing for this has been pretty interesting, like with their actual website and. No, like all this kind of stuff that they're sending out. I think it's cool to see them actually like going all out to promote the movie instead of just resting on the fact that people will just go see it because it's another Pixar movie. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Quest? Yeah, I enjoy the fact that they're sending out this in the mail. It's going to be so awesome. Hopefully they incorporate some of the feedback you give them into the movie. That would be yeah. cool if they just you know randomly whipped out a letter at like the administration building at some point in the movie and then we see your name flash across okay. the screen on one of the letters <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be sweet that would be pretty funny and uh, like i said i have no idea how i got this or why i got it otherwise i would i would make sure that everybody involved with their site got one too but i'll, I'll be on that and i'll let you guys know if i end up getting anything else in the mail from the dean of monsters university uh, the next thing, which is kind of cool, was that, that we talked about this on the last episode, the Despicablimp uh, stopped by in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I headed to check it out with, with my son, and we actually shot a video of it, which you guys can check out on YouTube, and Patrick interviewed the, the captain of the Despicablimp, and he, he actually asked him a lot of questions that I, like, for some reason, I totally blanked on anything that I wanted to ask the guy when we got there. <laughs> But then Patrick had all these these questions for him, so it was cool to see it up, up <laughs> close like that too, and we got to see it take off and shot a little bit of that, and yeah, I mean it, it was really cool. The guy was really nice. I guess they're going to be coming back this way again, closer to the premiere, so maybe I can check it out again then. But yeah, I mean I I enjoyed it a lot. Did you guys get a chance to wa watch the interview that I posted? Yeah, well, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, Patrick doesn't have an about me on the side part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I might start that like as like maybe like a funny thing for him to do like interviews <laughs> with some people because we d we did get uh, press passes for the Phoenix Comic Con, so maybe I'll have him interview Tara Strong or or, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it'd be funny. Because uh, I definitely... go ahead. He's definitely a prodigy right now, Mark. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. like, I didn't film this part because I'd already put the camera down, but, like, at one point he started asking him, like, all these worst scenario questions, like, what, <laughs> what, what if the blimp runs out of gas in the middle of the desert? What if the blimp <laughs> runs out of gas over the water? What if the, the blimp runs out of gas in the, an in the Antarctic? <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking and laughing and then uh, he wanted to ask about the bathroom but he didn't so I kind of helped and initiated that for him but <laughs> I thought that was funny and yeah so if you guys haven't watched if you guys are listening to this and you haven't watched it go check that out it's on our YouTube channel uh, speaking of our YouTube channel uh, our, our other writer Phil Shutton just was able to lock a 
sit-down interview that he's going to be able to film with Peter Lord, the head of Ardman Animation Studios in the UK, and he's going to be filming that around the middle of May. So definitely make sure that you're subscribed to our channel because he's going to be filming that, then we'll edit it, uh, post it on the YouTube channel, and then we'll rip the audio from that and then post it as a special episode of our podcast as well. So if you guys have questions for us, definitely email those to us, tweet them to us, get them to us through Facebook, whatever, or Instagram if you follow us on there and not nowhere else. Yeah, definitely send those to us. So we'll ask them. We have about 45 minutes to talk with them and everything. So it should be pretty awesome. And yeah, I mean, we're really excited about that. So it's definitely really cool. Uh, and then next thing I'm going to let Mr. Hardman talk about since he wrote about it on the site. If you haven't noticed already in your own uh, Netflix viewing or uh, noticed on the website, um, a few days ago, Netflix uh, dropped just a huge amount of Cartoon Network and Adult Swim things. Um, 26 different animated series is between the the two uh, with Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. And it's um, just a, I feel like it's an awesome idea on Cartoon Network's part because for many of them, it's the full first season of each of these shows. And it's a great way to, if you haven't watched the show, to get into it or um, situations where you do love the show, it's awesome to have it right there and available for you. Me personally, I didn't even realize there was more than one Ben 10. And there's like three or four of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, at this point, there's four different Ben 10 series. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the amount of stuff that they put out range from like, you know, the big ones like that are popular now, like Adventure Time and uh, Regular Show. Um, but then like classic ones from Cartoon Network, like Johnny Bravo and Samurai Jack. Um, then with the adults win stuff, Squid Billy's, Aqua Team. Um, Metal Ocalypse. Yeah. Uh, Venture Brothers was on there too. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. If you if you guys listen to our Adult Swim episode and you haven't got a chance to watch any of those shows yet, and if you have Netflix, check that out. And we need to really get sponsored by Netflix with how much we talk about them every single episode of the show. <laughs> I know, right? And I keep on trying to contact them, and I can't ever get a hold of them through their affiliate things. They're it brings me to this Google Affiliates thing that I try to sign in, and it just keeps bringing me back to the sign-in thing, and I can't ever get past that step. So, I don't you know. start uh, renting the DVDs and then writing your address on the DVDs and sending them back to the company. I'll be like, email me back. <laughs> right off the bat. We're giving you guys business. Uh, the next thing uh, from Pixar is they, they did a few new Cars tunes. Uh, these are called Tales from Radiator Springs that are different from the Mater's Tall Tales because they actually, they center around more than just Mater. Uh, there's three that were released. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch any of any of the three of these? They're, they're pretty short, and they're actually on the Disney Shorts YouTube channel. Uh, there's Bugged, Spinning, and Hiccups. Did you So did you guys get to watch any of these at all? Uh, you just brought light of that Disney Shorts uh, video with the, your recommendation for today. I'm going to have to go back and watch these as soon as this podcast is over. Yeah. Right. They're pretty cool. I mean, uh, one of them focuses on Lightning McQueen. He's got the hiccups, and it's about two minutes long. They're all about two minutes long, and they're trying to scare Lightning McQueen and different things to get rid of his hiccups. Uh, there's one with Luigi and Guido uh, where Guido is, you know, like the the sign guys that like throw the signs around to get your attention at, at different stores. 
uh, Luigi has Guido doing that with the sign, and he's like when like Luigi's there, he's just you know very not into it, and then he walks away and kind of finds a rhythm with it and starts you know going all out. So that's that's pretty funny. And then the, the last one is with Red the the fire truck and a little bug and it keeps landing on his nose and that one's called bugged Ben. Hmm. they're all they're all pretty cool it's it's and actually i think out of all three of these mater only is in them for maybe like five seconds at the end of the hiccups one and they're actually all directed by pixar veteran jeremy lasky you can guys find on twitter and they were made in collaboration with both pixar emeryville and pixar canada so nice definitely check those out if you have not seen them yet i'm looking forward to seeing more of those and I'm assuming with more of these done, we'll get another Cars Tune Blu-ray. Oh, okay, and so the last bit of news today is the voice cast for Disney's Planes has been announced, too. So the full cast. Uh, before, we knew that Dane Cook was now going to be doing the voice of Dusty Crophopper. Uh, so now we also have Anthony Edwards and Val Kilmer will be having a Top Gun reunion of sorts. We'll be voicing Bravo and Echo, two F-18 jets in the film. Uh, Stacy Keach is the voice of veteran flight instructor Skipper, uh, who sounds like he's supposed to be kind of be like a Doc Hudson, but for the the planes world. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer is the voice of Lead Bottom, an old biplane from Dusty's hometown, Propwash Junction. Uh, Terry Hatcher is the voice of Dottie, a forklift mechanic who is the voice of Reason and Dusty's life. You may rem- remember Terry Hatcher from. The Lois and Clark, The Adventures with Superman, yeah, or, or that other show that she did with, with Housewives that were desperate. Uh, Brad Garrett is doing the voice of Chug. You guys may remember him from another little Pixar film called Finding Nemo, uh, where he was, you know, the, the blowfish. Uh, Roger Craig Smith is the voice of Ripslinger, who is an egotistical racing plane and probably most likely the, the film's villain. Also, yeah. <laughs> Gabriel Iglesias is voicing both Ned and Zed, the bumbling henchplanes of Ripslinger. Carlos, I'm going to butcher this guy's last name. Carlos Alezaraki is the voice of El Chupacabra, the flying luchador of the planes world and a friend of Too Dusty. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, again, another Pixar voice veteran, is doing the voice of Rochelle, a competitive Canadian flying racer. John Cleese, uh, I guess he would be the Finnick Missile of this world, as uh, the the voice of Bulldog, a British racing veteran. Uh, here's the, the another name I want to mess up. Is that it's a Indian name? Uh, Pri Priyanka Chopra, the voice of Ishani, an exotic racing plane from India, and she also happens to be a Bollywood singer, actress, and dancer, and now an animated character. Uh, Sinbad. Yes, that Sinbad, who you guys remember from the perennial holiday classic Jingle All the Way, or uh, I remember, what was it, House Guest, uh, is the voice of Roper, a flight race official. And then for all you ESPN sports fans, Colin Cowherd, ESPN announcer, plays Colin Cowling, an announcer blimp that covers sports for RSN Racing Sports Network. So yeah, that's the the voice cast of Planes, and we actually saw saw that our our um, 
rotoscoping friends, the animation addicts, got to see a test screening of planes, and apparently they liked it a lot. So they always seem to, to luck into these test screenings of the movies that are coming out, too. So I wish we could luck into seeing a test screening, whether it be Matt randomly sees one in New York or Matt randomly sees one in Florida or myself randomly sees one in Arizona. So hopefully one of us will eventually get one of these test screenings. The triangle here, we gotta pull something together. Yeah, we need somebody in the 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 northwest now because we in this episode there's the northeast, the the southeast, and the southwest. We gotta get somebody like in Portland, Oregon, or something. Hmm. Uh, all right, guys. So that's that's our our news for the show. We'll be back in a few seconds with the uh, new trailers and clips and whatnot. So see you in a few seconds. Guys, our new trailers this week. They're gonna start out with the third trailer for Epic, uh, and this just came out recently. What did you? Th- it's slightly different. What did you think about Mr. Request? Um, I liked it. the The music is starting to sound pretty freaking epic <laughs> in these trailers. Um, you know, I, I see it, it keeps giving us a little. They're like giving us a little more, and then like a little more with each of these trailers. Yeah. Uh, that comes out and uh you know i'm getting more and more interested in seeing this i know i bad mouth i might have bad mouthed this <laughs> early on with their teaser trailer but uh you know i'm getting uh more drawn into it and i'm pretty interested to uh go and check this out yeah this this trailer seemed very uh, character and who was voicing those characters heavy kind of at the end of it like you you saw who would be doing the voices for everything like yeah uh, Colin Farrell, Josh Hutcherson, Amanda Seyfried, Christoph Waltz, Aziz Ansari, Chris O'Dowd. Uh, I, like Jason Sudeikis, I didn't know he was doing the voice of the father in it. So, shows. And then I didn't think I had seen Beyonce Knowles' character in any of the trailers before. So, <laughs> that was interesting seeing her in there as well too. And uh, the the Pitbull character, the the frog, was interesting. <laughs> and then, and then the the hippie kind of fatter slug. I don't, I don't know if is that supposed to be a slug too, the the yellow it's, looking one. It's probably a banana slug. Okay, yeah, that's Steven Tyler, and he sounded interesting. And I, I don't think I had known that Chris O'Dowd was also doing a voice of one of the one of the like the that pair of slugs with Aziz. So I'm excited for that because I like Chris O'Dowd. He's pretty funny. Mr. Hardman, what have you thought about the the trailers you've seen for epic so far compared to like with, with the new one i feel like i was honestly a little on the fence because i felt like with with all of the marketing like it just wasn't really it's it's a weird thing where like i i'm kind of wary of trailers these days because they give away too much of it oh, but yeah. i felt like it wasn't giving enough like i i like what is this about but with the new one i feel like it definitely like like you were saying like kind of establishes at least like characters in it so it's like okay cool now i have something to like establish and care about 
a reason to see this stuff. I definitely, compared to the marketing that's coming for it, I feel like this new one was leaps and bounds better. Yeah. I saw, I'm interested in seeing it. I'm, it. It looks like with this trailer, too, they're trying to differentiate themselves a little bit more away from people making the assumption that it's a Fern Gully kind of film or <laughs> uh, Arthur and the Invisibles kind of meshed together. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm I'm, exo I'm just excited to see Blue Sky doing a, another movie that's not a sequel to Ice Age. Yeah. <laughs> just, just I I like seeing more original stuff from them because I mean at this point they've they've only really done this will be their fourth different property because they they did Robots, Rio, the Ice Age films and now this and then they're gonna be doing a sequel to Rio. So it'll be interesting to see how well this does and then if that starts another franchise for them. Uh, the next thing was we got a little kind of a sneak peek of Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs 2, hosted by Terry Crews, who is taking over for Earl Devereaux in the film. He's doing the voice of Earl Devereaux taking over for Mr. T. So, Matt Quest, what, what did you think about uh, Terry Crews' narration of our little sneak peek at Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs Part 2? I thought it was hilarious. Terry Crews is awesome. I've seen him in so many, you know, different viral, like, video things. There was, like, this one thing on uh, Vimeo, I don't know if you saw it, where, like, he was attached to, like, all these instruments with his muscles, and you could <laughs> actually play the instruments on, like, keystrokes with his muscles. It was that whole, uh, like, viral thing, but this is cool. I like how he's a man of science. And, uh, yeah, he gives us that, you know, um, the Bigfoot um, little sneak peek at the sass, the sassy squash. Yeah, sass squash. Sass squash. <laughs> so that, that, I thought that was that was pretty cool. I can't wait to uh, see this come out. I hope they come out with uh, more uh, of that, more yeah. of the same, please. How about you, Mr. Hardiman? What did you think about it? I hope that Terry Crews just starts narrating everything. Yes. <laughs> he's just, just, I don't know, he's a hilarious guy. He's President Camacho, man. I mean, yeah. uh, what else? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. His, his book of uh, pecology, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, the, the peck, peck popping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I liked how, how we got to see like more of the names for like some of the, the, animals in this like the wild scallions and stuff like that so that the cockatiel or something yes like that. so puns are always great too, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> an added bonus yeah, i'm interested in seeing more puns in cloud of chance Meatballs too uh <laughs> the next thing is was found on a, a german blog called pixar blog um but they have four new kind of like little vignettes for Monsters University with Mike Sully and then a few of the new characters like Art uh, and them doing different things. The first one is of Art breakdancing, which whoever animated that, bravo to them because it's pretty awesome with like, just with the way the art is shaped and the way that they were able to, you know, do the breakdancing with that was funny. <laughs> uh, and then there's one with Mike and Sully playing basketball. Sully uses Mike obviously as a basketball uh, and then there's one with Mike and Sully with 3D glasses on, and Sully, and just in case you guys didn't know, all these were are in German too. So if you're watching them, unless you know German, you have no idea what the hell they're saying. 
Uh, but like the, uh, Sully and Mike are looking through the 3D glasses, and Sully seems to be pretty excited about the 3D, but Mike obviously can't see anything since he's only got the one eye, so no depth perception. Uh, and then there's like a scaring kind of contest with Sully comes up and scares everybody, and Art just kind of thinks it's it's awesome and raises his hand in the air. So, did you guys check these out? What do you think about them? Yeah, yeah. I got a chance to uh, look at those. They're pretty pretty cool to see some new content from uh, monsters out on the internet. Um, yeah, the breakdancing, art breakdancing was pretty awesome. I don't even know how they did that <laughs> or how they thought of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool. And I'm super psyched to Charlie Day's voicing art. Yeah, Charlie Day is awesome. I hope there, I mean, I hope uh, maybe that there might be like a subtle, it's always sunny reference in there somewhere where he'll like, he'll say like wild card or something like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Ask, ask, for, ask yeah. for a milk steak. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or saying that the night man is, is coming. Yeah, there you go. Selling, selling <laughs> some kitten mittens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so. The, the next thing was a sneak peek of Disney's planes. It's it's kind of, I guess it's playing in some theaters. It's kind of like a trailer, but it's more or less like a scene from the film. And it's Val Kilmer and Anthony Edwards' uh, fighter jets with uh, Dane Cook's Dusty Crophopper in, in the scene. And in it, you can see, like, just, just like in Cars, like, there's plenty of, like, landscapes that, you know, took on the forms of cars you can see like different clouds that look like airplanes and land formations on the ground that look like airplanes and whatnot so what did you guys think about this scene because this is kind of like the most we've seen with like dane cook now voicing dusty crophopper in the film too so what do you i think with him voicing the character it gives it more of like a lightning mcqueen kind of feel to it than john Carter's voice probably would have given to it yeah, I mean, the voice, like, his voice definitely stands out, but I don't know if that's a good thing or not, because I, I don't know, I think, uh, well, it's, I don't know, I'm on the <laughs> fence. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it, and I heard it, and I'm not sure that I like it. Yeah, I'm a little with West, too, and it's probably just a bias of not, not being a fan of him, like, you know, like, if, if I didn't know whose work it was, I would probably be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but Val Kilmer and Anthony Edwards being there definitely... It supersedes it. It's like, oh, this is cool. I like this part. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, so if you want to check that out, that's on Apple and our site as well. So definitely go check that out. Uh, we'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations for the week. guys recommendations for the week uh mine this week is actually from a man called colin hesterly who was actually a member of a group that we interviewed way back in episode 18 i think it was was who did the pizza planet truck and he now works for a place called the academy and he animated wrote 
and directed the short film by himself, and it's called When I Grew Up. And what I liked about it a lot was it feels, you know, like the golden books from when we were little kids, that it feels like one of those books come to life in animated form because of, the, like, the style of the characters in it and whatnot. It's kind of got that same kind of feel as, like, Paperman, where it's 2D, but you can feel like it's in a 3D world. So what, what did you guys think about it, too? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I mean, the illustration style that it uses, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of, I mean, it, it's very stylized animation, too. The way, like, the backgrounds move with the foregrounds, and it gives you a sense of that depth, and just the way the characters move and some of the shapes that they use he uses in here. I mean, this is, like, one of those things that I, I always talk about where I like seeing, you know, one person do this. It's their idea through and through. Like, they directed it. They animated it. They know exactly in their mind what they want, and they put it out there, and they do it. And I, you know, I give it up for Colin. This is awesome work. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have to admit that it, it got a little dusty in the room each time that I watched the ending of that, too. Cause, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it touched me there at the end of it, so... I don't know if it was me thinking about myself or me thinking about myself mixed also with me thinking about my son growing up too. So yeah, it's probably a mixture of both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, Mister Hardwin? What did you think about it? Yeah, same kind of thing. Uh, like you were saying, like a different, like um, and and Quest was saying, like uh, I appreciate anything that feels like it was the artist's actual like intent, and you can tell that too, like how much they put into it. Um, and for, from an, from a, just an art standpoint, it having kind of like its own look and feel to it uh, helps it stand out. You know, it's 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 obviously doing its own thing, which to me speaks volumes to the creative people behind it too. Definitely. Good job, yeah. yeah. So guys, definitely go check that out. There will be a link up right up on our site, and definitely go check that out on YouTube too. And let Colin know how much you you love this film. Uh, what's your recommendation, Mr. Quest? My recommendation for the week is Shuby Shuby Do Yay. <laughs> um, this is um, a video I came across on Vimeo a while ago, and um, I'm bringing it to light today. Um, it, it, the whole premise uh, behind this is it's like this uh, train, it's like this evolving, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, train uh, that's like going through these environments and like adding on cars it's done in the style where it's animated to the music that's playing and it's like it's a realistic lighting with which is, i'm like a huge fan of it's like any type of 3d with realistic lighting and it's realistic textures but then like the geometry like in this uh short film is like kind of rough but it works for you know what it's doing and it has this awesome just squash and stretch aspect to the animation where it's actually the train is actually being animated squash and stretch to the music and as it travels through these environments you know all the cars add on and then the track is it's kind of like uh, going through space and it's just a really interesting um, short film and I, I watch it I can watch this over and over and over and it's really cool so what do you think Mark? I enjoyed it a lot I thought it was cool at, at some points I almost thought it was stop motion for like yeah. how, how realistic the, the shading and everything looked on it 
but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the how it was animated to the music, and I mean, I, I kind of got into it with the music, and later on, to, yeah. like if I could find the music by itself, I'd probably download the music too. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely suggest this just like like you said to check it out. It's like at first you don't really know that it's supposed to be supposed to be a a train, and then like you're saying, it evolves from there and yeah. and does different things. It's pretty cool. Mr. Hardman, how about you? Yeah, the um, you guys touched on it already a little bit, but yeah, the uh, the way the animation and the music just intermingle together, and it makes its own its own rhythm that uh, I feel like. Like you were saying, like uh, you know, the music itself is good, but there's something that just comes together perfectly with between the two. That uh, I, mean, I was I was I was genuinely surprised. It took me a little while. For some reason, that Vimeo clip, like I tried three different times to get it to play, <laughs> and it, and, it, and it wouldn't work. But uh, finally, that last time it did. But but yeah, and um, and like Quest said, like uh, the mixing of things of some of the animation sort of like being super detailed but then some having rough edges but it, but you know it felt like it was intentional so it was kind of it was a neat way to go about it right cool uh so, so at that what is your recommendation for the week my recommendation um it is a it's one it's a an animated tribute to the evil dead i figured it'd be timely uh what with the new one being out um it's made by uh, his name Daniel Daniel Kanemoto, um, and his studios XMortisFilms.com. Uh, they do a lot of title sequences, um, but what he did was uh, just made a little like two minute tribute to the first three Evil Dead movies. Um, a lot of it was based off of this amazing Mondo print that Ollie Moss made that I wish was in my house, but sadly it's not. Um, <laughs> The Ali Moss, just his style in general, is it's so minimalist, but it just conveys so much of what a movie is with just a single image. And um, it was really awesome to see. You can tell, like right off the bat, like the very first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh man, I hope that Ali Moss doesn't know about this." But then the guy at the end, he, you know, he's like, "This is inspired by Ali Moss." <laughs> and yeah, and then he's uh, like, "Here, go here, buy it, and everything." Like the poster. Yeah, stuff. exactly. And. It's weird, like, it's been out for, um, it came out uh, in, like, uh, June of last year, um, but I, I, you know, and it's probably because of the movie, but just recently I saw it, uh, gifts of it start popping up on Tumblr and different news sites, um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty, uh, as, as a fan of the series, I was pretty jazzed to see, like, uh, I feel like it's a fitting tribute to that trilogy. What about you, Mr. Vibbert? I thought it was cool. I've, I recently only saw the, the original uh, the Evil Dead, the 1981 version on on Thursday. I watched it for the first time. Uh, it was because it was on Netflix. Uh, so, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I liked Bruce Campbell in it. Uh, and then I saw, I just saw the re- remake, quote unquote. It's not really a remake, more. It's kind of like yeah. a almost like a retelling. It's not even like a retelling. It's because it's not even any of the same characters from that. It's like it's like its own story inspired by like almost like inspired by the events of what happened in the first ones. I almost think it could be. Well, I was saying this to you over text was that it feels more like J.J. Abrams' uh, Star Trek film, where it works as a reboot, but also as being Star Trek Eleven. So this kind of works exactly as being a reboot to Evil Dead, but it's also like Evil Dead. 
four in a sense too. And I I need to watch Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness still, but after seeing both of those films, I'm interested in watching them and like myself some Bruce Campbell now even more than I did before now from his from the camp because what I knew of Bruce Campbell before I knew like of all his Evil Dead stuff but I had only like seen bits of him on that show Burn Notice uh, and then you know obviously his cameos in Sam Raimi's movies like Spider-Man and, and then, <laughs> no I, I never I never I was not one of those guys that watched Hercules or Xena grow, growing up <laughs> How, how about you, Matt? What, did, it was you, a did you like Are that? Are you one of those guys? Uh, okay, I, I I saw that. I saw <laughs> Xena, I saw Hercules. Um, but uh, going back to the Evil Dead animated tribute, <laughs> uh, I thought it was awesome. Um, the motion graphics are just blew my mind. You know, I haven't really seen like a you know style like that in. Um, just the way that tra- he transitions from things and like the shaky, like, oh, and every time anyone mentions Bruce Campbell, I think of Evil Dead. That's it. Bruce Campbell is Evil Dead to me. So I think that's awesome. And going back to the trailer again, the animation's totally rad. Um, and I think uh, Daniel uh, Kanemoto, yeah totally awesome i can't wait to start looking him up and see him more of that because that was awesome did, did he do that that walking dead uh intro that was on youtube and or vimeo a while back i, yeah, I, I remember there was someone that did it, and it was like very similar like kind of like in the style like how it, mm. like it moved through you know the walking dead video game trailer no there was Someone did a an animated intro for The Walking Dead, and it was very similar in style to to yeah. this one. And he did it too. I just looked it up. He did okay. it as well. I wonder if he did. Okay. Did, did I? Now I wonder if he did the the Breaking Bad one too, because there's a, a Breaking Bad one like also like that. But yeah, <laughs> the the Walking Dead one's cool too, because it uses kind of like frames from the, the comic. Inter- intermixed with the show so matt do you do you watch the walking De- matt quest do you watch the walking dead i haven't seen the walking dead yet i'm trying to get into it and then uh but i've seen all breaking bad and that's all totally right. awesome yeah. again everybody both those shows are on netflix <laughs> so <laughs> that should be like the secret word like peewee's playhouse whenever we say netflix we're all like yay the word of the day is <laughs> netflix <laughs> Oh God! (sighs) Here, let me try some. Let me try something. The stars at night are big and bright. No. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) At least somebody did this time. I didn't. It didn't just go out like my Ducktales thing, where I said Ducktales and then nobody did nothing. All right. Yeah. Everybody left. Matt and Matt and Justin left me hanging. Sorry, I left you hanging. Yeah, it was it was a metaphorical, not re- reciprocating the high five. Uh, yeah, but that that's our recommendations for the week, guys. We'll be back in a minute, or not a minute, a few seconds with our main topic for the week, talking about Nicktoons. See you in a few seconds. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, everyone. Our main topic this week, we're going to be talking about Nicktoons. Uh, mostly going to be talking about the era of Nicktoons that were on when the three of us were kids. So that would be early 90s up until like the late 90s. So if, if you're a younger kid, we'll, we'll touch on some of the, the better series that have been on recently. But other than that, we're going to kind of leave, leave you hanging a little bit. <laughs> but to kind of precap this, uh, prior to 1991, Nickelodeon's animated fair cons- compromised mostly uh, foreign-made series. And I, I think I think all of us remember, I, I, I remember that there was that uh, cartoon series with the, the gnome. You guys know what I'm talking about? Dave the Gnome. Yeah, Dave the Gnome. And I remember One that. The <laughs> and then there's... Uh, the, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, I was just saying, just to throw it out there, Dave the Gnome, one of the last episodes, one of the saddest endings of anything you'll ever see on Earth. Oh, yeah, wasn't it like his, his like wife died or something? <laughs> spoiler alert. Like go, spoiler, spoiler alert, just in case you don't want to see it. They, they go out in the woods and hold hands and kind of die together and turn into trees that are... So it's, I mean, it's sweet, but as a kid, it's like, oh god, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, big, don't cut guy. down the tree, Dad. That's Dave the Gnome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a koala one back then too that was foreign. That uh, I think it might just be even called the little koala. It was. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember like, but, but I think this is mostly like Nick Jr. stuff, like Little Bear, and so I always thought Little Bear was like very lazy because I was like. So if there must not be any other bears because he's a little bear. There's Papa Bear, Mama Bear, Grandpa Bear, and then the goose is called Goose. The fox is called Fox. The owl is called Owl. Uh, I was like, what if he ever had two friends that were owls or two friends that were ducks? I'm surprised that the, the little girl that was in that show wasn't called Human. But <laughs> that's going off on a tangent. Uh, anyways, the the idea for their original animated programming on the network began in the late 1980s after successes with game and variety shows. Uh, starting in 1989, profits from those programs funded the Nicktoons project, with the first three cartoons being probably the three of our favorites, uh, Doug, Rugrats, and The Ren Snippy Show, uh, airing on Sunday, August 11th, 1991. This format was repeated every Sunday, and then Fred Siebert, who was a guiding force for this in the early years of the Nicktoons project. Before departing to Hanna-Barbera Productions in 1992, Cybert would continue with a similar project with Cartoon Cartoons for Cartoon Network, uh, which, you know, we were talking about earlier, like Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, all, all those kind of shows, but that's a different show, a different time. Uh, yeah, so the first show we're going to start out with is Doug, which is still one of my favorite cartoons of all time, and... I think it's mostly because the, the series I liked when I was growing up were kind of these shows that I felt like kind of reflected what I wanted to be like my life. Where it, like, because I watched this Boy Meets World and The Wonder Years, two of which starred the Savage Brothers, Fred and Ben. But this had Billy West doing the voice of Doug Funny, who would go on to be another one of my favorite characters, Philip J. Fry and Futurama. And, yeah, he, he pretty much does voices of all your favorite characters from anything you've ever seen. Uh, Jim Jenkins created Doug, and I, I, this one is one of the series I do want to spend the most time on when we're talking about stuff, just because of how much I loved it. Uh, yeah, his last name was Funny. He had a, a girl that he, he had a crush on whose name was Patty Mayonnaise. And all, all, this, 
all the names in this show were kind of euphemisms for things that I would assume none of us picked up on when we were kids watching it, but now if we watched, we'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, Mr. His, his, so like, obviously like his, his, um, neighbor, Mr. Dink, uh, uh, there was principal, what was the principal bone? Uh, or vice principal bone and the principal is Mr. Butt Savage. That's like the least kind of hidden one. I was like, really? Mr. Butt, <laughs> Mr. Butt Savage. Why is his name Mr. Butt you Savage? Know, you bring yeah. that up now and it's like, what? Yeah. It wasn't his best friend with Skeeter. It was like Skeeter, but. Oh, yeah. No, Skeeter, Skeeter Valentine. Uh, Mosquito. Uh, his, his whole name is Mosquito Valentine. Uh, the, you know, Doug trying to bag the nematode. This was also why I kept a journal when I was a kid, too, because I thought, you know, I liked that Doug was doing this, and, you know, I liked that premise, so that, you know, that's why I started keeping one, too. So for my formative years, there's a, a journal of that, of those. Uh, but, yeah, I liked it a lot. There was Roger Klutz, who was also voiced uh, by Billy West, which is kind of funny. Uh, so... I'm gonna stop talking about it. like what, what did you guys think about Doug first, Mr. Quest, and then Mr. Hardman? Doug was totally awesome. That was one of my favorite shows as well, and I wish that they come out with uh, Doug DVD sets. Actually, Blu-ray. oh yeah, well, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Uh, there's you can they're made to order DVDs you can buy on Amazon for Doug. Uh, Made to order, as in someone pirates them? No, like like they don't print them unless you order them, basically. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're they're kind of similar to like the the Shout Factory releases that they've done for like Hey Arnold and all the other shows yeah. we're gonna be talking about shortly. But yeah, Doug was one of those that definitely stood out, and it was like if anything else came on, I'd like switch it off, you know. <laughs> and as soon as you start to hear the theme music, which I'm sure you'll slip into this somewhere, yeah. it's like, yep. I'm glued to the TV screen for 30 minutes. There it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure all of us could could do the theme song right now because I mean it's not there's no words it's do 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 do. Yeah, it was catchy too. Yeah, or like I remember I like some. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Beats. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Doug's version of the Beatles mixed with the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I need. Uh, you know, I'm either going to put the Doug's theme song or I'm going to put I Need My Allowance or um, <laughs> what, what was the other one? Uh, what the hell was the Killer other one? Tofu. Yeah, Killer Tofu. Killer yeah. Tofu, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll just put all three and forget about putting <laughs> theme songs to other shows on this because I have I have all those on <laughs> in my iTunes collection. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I mean, and then then there was the, the Disney, like they... There's a Nickelodeon series that went from August of 91 to January of 94. And then there was Brand Spinkin' New Doug, where he went to, uh, he went to, like, all of the kids went to a new school that was in the shape of BB Bluff's head. (laughs) Uh, And that was the Disney version that was on from September of 96 to 99. And that was also what stemmed for Doug's first movie that got released in theaters. which was actually also Doug's only movie, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it's it's now on Teen Nick's uh, that 
the 90s or all that block. So if you have Teen Nick, you can still be watching Doug on that as well. As, uh, I bet I bet you do that quest, right? And you just get... Do you have Teen Nick? Teen Nick? I'm, I'm sure it's like a digital cable channel. Like That's like channel 225 or something like that. I tell you what, I get so many channels with that DirecTV, I don't even like see half of them. I, I come across new channels every day. I probably have it on there. Yeah, if I had Teen Nick, I'd be watching the, uh, the 90s for all that block because it's got, you know, it's got all of our favorite Nicktoons on there and then it's got, like, Chris Explains It All, Are You Afraid of the Dark, yeah. Hey Dude. Jeez. Uh, oh, you just make an Are You Afraid of the Dark channel and I'd just watch it. You can, <laughs> actually, YouTube, just YouTube, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, they have full... Ch- full episodes of are you afraid of the dark on youtube <laughs> they shouldn't be on there but they're, they're on there oh, yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah guys that, <laughs> that that is our a little bit of our talk about doug from there we're gonna be talking about babies now uh in rugrats and i, I remember i kind of grew out of watching rugrats but i always liked Chucky on that show when, when they were babies. Obviously, we'll get to the other series they did on this in a second. But the the theme music composer was done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who, who people may have seen his name many, many times for different things. He was in the, the band Devo, if you don't remember. Uh, but yeah, he did the, the theme for this, which was another theme song. That didn't have any words, but all of us can probably remember. They did many films for Rugrats. Who they did? Was it like three or four? Because there, there was the original Rugrats movie, you know, where Dill is born. Uh, I think there's, uh, I know there, there's the crossover one with the Wild Thornberries, where where Bruce Willis does the voice of Spike. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think oh, there's one where they went to Paris too, where. Uh, Chucky, yeah, Chucky's dad weird. got got married, and he got an adoptive sister. Uh, but this was done by Klasky Kasupo. They did a, a few of the the animated series for the next tunes, if I remember right. Uh, do you guys remember any other ones that they did? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Not yeah, not off the top of my head. <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, but I remember they did. Uh, they must have been Jewish because I remember on, on the show that they did a lot of. They actually did both specials. They did Christmas specials and they did uh, Jewish specials too. Because I remember they did. They had like a Passover special on there, but then they also had Christmas specials. And they also must have been fans of Doctor Who because apparently there was. Tommy is supposed to be like a a baby version of the doctor. He's always got his his screwdriver with him, and then uh, apparently in the background sometimes you can see Daleks. If and if you guys haven't watched Doctor Who, a Dalek is like a a yeah yeah it's it's a sci-fi thing. Uh, I want to it'll be <laughs> but yeah um and then they did a, a special TV movie which was called All Grown Up which is kind of them imagining what they would be like when they're all all grown up. Uh, and then that apparently Dil, Dilwell did very well, and that got spun off into its own series where all of these characters were now about 10, 
or 11 years older than they were in Rugrats. And I remember I ended up liking, this was like, we were much older, so we didn't, we didn't watch it. I don't, I want to expect all of any of us like to be knowing this more than, than we did for that. But I ended up liking Tommy better in this because, because Tommy wanted to be a filmmaker when he got older on this and he, he finally had hair too. Uh, but, what do you what do you guys remember about about the Rugrats series and your memories from that? Tarzan. Oh yeah, and, and Reptar too. <laughs> oh, that was Reptar. a Reptar, yeah. What the hell was I saying Tarzan, Tarzan. for? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Reptar and I said Tarzan. <laughs> no, yeah, Reptar. I I keep seeing like T-shirts coming out with a Reptar oh, on yeah. it. That was awesome. It's like you know the you know, cartoon Rugrats version of Godzilla, but I remember all the episodes with that. Um, uh, what was it? I think this was uh, the point in time where my sister was young enough where she was watching this all the time, and I would just be like, eh, all right, all right, we'll watch this. So, you know, I'd watch it with her. I watched a lot of Rugrats, not going to lie. And um, and what was the other uh, the character there? Angelica? Oh, yeah, Angelica. Uh, she was kind of like the antagonist of the Rugrats there, and they were, she was always, to, you know, conspiring against them and whatnot. Have you guys uh, ever... It, it was a fun show. Have you guys ever heard the, the really uh, depressing theory about Angelica? What's that? Where, like, all of the babies are actually her, like, her imaginary friends. And oh, yeah, I, that she looks actually <laughs> Lionel. <laughs> yeah. And she's, like, she's kind of, like, bipolar and like her her sister that was supposed to be born or yeah like tommy is supposed to be uh, supposed to have been like stillborn and that's why uh his dad's always in the basement working on toys for the baby that like he never had <laughs> if you guys look it up you can find it like just yeah. just yeah just google search depressing angelica rugrats uh theory <laughs> and you'll you'll find it. it it's just like that that aladdin theory i was talking about where it's it's really out there, and like someone was just trying to pull this out of their butt one day, and I was like, "Oh, look at that!" There you go. Uh, but yeah, E.G. Yeah. Daly did the voice of Tommy Pickles. Uh, Christine Cavanaugh did the voice of Chucky. Nancy Cart, and then was replaced in 2002 by Nancy Cartwright. Uh, Phil and Lil, as well as their mo- mother Betty, was voiced by Kathy Susie. Uh, Terry Strong did the voice of Dill Pickles. But yeah, uh, how about you Hardman, what did you think about uh, Rugrats and then its subsequent spinoff, All Growed Up? I feel like um, Rugrats and and Doug too, just uh, that that era of Nicktoons were unbelievably entertaining, but they didn't act like kids were dumb. Like they, you know, I was about ten or eleven at that time, but you know, it was still just like. Every now and again, you know, there'd be, like, some real things, like, some real, like, genuinely emotional things that would come out in there. Or, you know, things that, even as a young kid, I would know would be kind of, like, weirdly off-topic. Like, you kind of got the sense that I think it was Phil and Lil's mom, like, might be gay. But it was cool, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you know. And then probably her uh, dad was then was just, like, her beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and even like uh, with a you know like Saturday morning cartoons in our day you know there's always a big bad guy and Angelica was kind of the big bad guy but there was times where they 
Which I like I saw side to Angela like like she even as mean as she was to the kids still like she really liked having them around. So I feel yeah. like you know, it, it really thought that the kids watching it were smart and would get it. Or at least they were hoping that. <laughs> and then she kinda yeah, so. she kinda had that uh that character that Susie that would then come and kinda like put eventually and put Angelica in her place. Cause she was about the same yeah, age. Yeah. And and I think Chucky was only a year younger than Angelica too. Cause I think Tommy was supposed to be the youngest. Like he was like one year old, but then like, I don't, I don't remember the ages of everybody, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Going from Rugrats to a completely different type of show, the Ren and Stimpy show. Uh, My favorite. A chihuahua <laughs> and a cat. So, uh, so I'll let you start off talking about, about this Hardman. Since yeah. it's your favorite. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, pretty pretty basic uh, premise, I, I suppose. Uh, you know, just a cat and a dog living together, getting into hijinks. Um, it seemed like, you know, cartoons after that, you know, I mean, I mean, Tom and Jerry before, but it seemed like they would follow that formula of, like, putting two animals together. But um, even even at a, a, a really young age, my wherever my humor was landing was a complete absurdity and surreal thing. And probably Grand Simpy has a lot to do with that. <laughs> it's probably legitimately one of the most bizarre shows that's ever been on TV. Um, yeah. The, uh, the 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 humor was just off the wall. Uh, a little bit adult at times. <laughs> very adult, yes. Especially you know as you get, as you know getting older, like things that you know you just laugh at because and you're like, oh, okay, like or I mean, um, yeah. But the art too. You know, like when I, you know, growing up and wanting to be an artist and drawing a lot and stuff, the the art always stood out to me, especially in like the weird scenes where it's like just a static close-up of something that's just really detailed and painted and gross. Yeah, it was like everything. It yeah. was like everything that I could work. <laughs> and, and so many. Good yeah, and again, uh, uh, Billy West did a voice on this too. He did the voice of Stimpy. Yes, yes, and, and, and Ren for yeah. and Mr. Horse. It'll say like a great side cast too, like Mr. Horse, um, Powder Toast Man. Oh yeah, Powder Toast Man. Uh, yeah. Or then you put like the toast between his butt cheeks. <laughs> I remember. Well, his, I, head, his head was toast, and he whenever he would fly, he would make the person like grab grab a hold of their butt cheeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Firmly grab. Yeah, my butt. it was. <laughs> and there, there was like the fake infomercial for log. That's log. Oh, you got log. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if you Google that, you can or YouTube that, you can find uh, the actual commercial for log. And then it came back on Spike TV around 2003 for the like where they were directly, you know, aiming at us now as adults for the Random Simpy Adult Party cartoon, but it was canceled soon after his debut. Uh, did you guys ever see that version of it? I, I don't think I ever saw that one. I, I did know of it and knew that it was, like, a lot more adult than the one we watched when we were kids. Yeah, I probably... Yeah, I, yeah I, I kind of intentionally didn't. Like, you know, like, with as big of a... It sounds silly to say for, you know, like it's a, a TV show, too, but as big of an impact as... And just in my love for the original one, like, I... I was worried that, you know, even though John Kay did it, who created it originally, um, was behind the new one, I just, I felt like 
I was worried that it would kind of tarnish that memory that I have of it. So I I, I did clear steer clear of it, which apparently a lot of people did since it got canceled so swiftly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So from there, next show Rocco's Modern Life, which is kind of like that same kind of humor and almost kind of like the same kind of animation style, yeah. uh, which would go on to then because it's got much of the same like creative group from that would go on to SpongeBob. Uh, but I, I remember Rocco's Modern Life, the complete series, actually was just released by Shout Factory on DVD, too. So if you haven't got that, definitely go check that out. I think this is going to be one of the themes I'm going to put in here, too, because I like the theme song on this. Uh, but yeah, after the show's completion of this, much of the staff regrouped to work on SpongeBob SquarePants, created by producer Steven Hillenberg. Uh, and even though the, the show generally received positive reviews during its original broadcast run in recent years, it's actually seen renewed praise for sophisticated and subversive humor. Uh, Tom Kenny actually did a, a voice on this too. Mr. Lawrence did a voice on this as well. And I want to say, who eventually, hopefully, will be interviewing, uh, it, was, it was either... Oh, damn. Here, when you guys talk, I'm trying to think of his name. T- talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, what do you think about Rocco Quist? I thought Rocco was pretty good. I mean, I, I remember where I would go down the street, like, to my friend's house and be like, have you seen Rocco this week? And he'd be like, no, my mom doesn't let me watch that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, there was there was just some hu- there was just some humor in there that, you know, parents didn't like. But, yeah. you know, us being kids, that was awesome, you know? Me personally, it was young and rebellious. So, like, if a parent, if a kid's parent wouldn't let him watch it, it was probably a sure sign that it was good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I should exactly. be watching. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember one episode in particular where um, the uh, Stumpy, the dog, I'm not saying it's Stumpy, right? Spunky. Yes, Spunky. even even that, even that, his name, Spunky. Yeah, his name is Spunky. <laughs> yeah. That never even crossed my mind, but yes, his name is Spunky. <laughs> He falls in love with a mop, and it's like... Oh, like, yeah. Like, Rocket walks in in the closet in with him, and it's all like, <laughs> Even as a kid, it was like, oh, that's... That's... All right. <laughs> okay, yeah. and now I remember Dan Povenmire, the guy that works on... on Phineas and Ferb with Jeff Swampy Marsh, worked on Rocket's Modern Life, too. That's what I was trying to remember earlier. All right. Now I feel better, otherwise it would have bothered me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked Rock's Modern Life a lot. And I remember, yeah, like what you were saying, like Mr. and Mrs. Fathead that lived next to him. There, There's like stuff with like nudity on this show too. A lot. There was a lot of butt cheeks. Yeah. Like a lot of cartoon butt cheeks in this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then a, a weird story was that in, in college, uh, my science professor call, called me Mr. Filbert. Which, I don't know how you get the F or the L in my last name <laughs> for pronouncing it like that. But even though he, he said that, it made me think of the turtle. I was thinking, I was like, no, I am not the turtle from Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, <laughs> like the manic depressive kind of turtle. <laughs> he was always awesome <laughs> on that show. And But yeah, I mean, I, I really liked this a lot. And I would suggest... And like we were saying, Mr. Lawrence was the voice of Filbert Turtle. Tom Kenny was the voice of Heifer. Uh, Carlos Alazaraki was the voice of Rocco. Spunky 
Leon Chameleon, Scormia the Ringworm, and Granny Rocco. And, and Joel Murray was the voice of himself in Ralph Bighead. So yeah, that's Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, the next three animated series on there like to use the punctuation mark of the exclamation point in their titles, yes. <laughs> apparently. Our Real Monsters, Kablam, and Hey Arnold, all, all of which use that. Um, Our Real Monsters was it's, it's another one kind of like, like Rockus Modern Life and Stimpy, where it, I guess they did like a kind of like a bunch of dark quote unquote kind of shows for a while, uh, and then when they get to, I think actually this was another class, yeah, this was another classy Casipo, so it kind of looked like that same style as as Rugrats. And it was about like these three monster friends before Monsters Inc. came out that were like these kids. It's kind of almost like that same idea, but where they go and you know, but Icarus is you know really interested in about the human world and whatnot. What did you, what do you guys remember about our real monsters? We reviewed this one like a while ago. Yeah, I've gotten a few DVDs for it. Yeah, I, I loved Crumb. I don't know, understand like what any of like them were, <laughs> but it was just it was. I remember all the storylines being like really interesting and just it captivated my attention and just being like that gritty, kind of almost Ren and Stimpyish, uh, um, you know, gross humor. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah exactly. Her. Like I feel like some of the. Uh... Uh, um, the animation-wise, too, like you know, it's definitely um, grittier and darker. Sometimes, uh, in my in, in my memory, like it's probably completely wrong, but some aspects of it it reminded me of um, the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Oh, like yeah. just the, the way uh, some of the setups were, and uh, probably I'm sure some of the monster design too that shared a little bit in there. But um, yeah, definitely another uh, home run for uh, Nicktoons in that era. I, I feel like just that point in time must have been just like an awesome time for or I mean I know it was uh, for animators like just being creative I mean not not even just Nickelodeon yeah. but MTV at the same you know they were even uh, Liquid Television and the Brothers Grimm uh, just it, just that that early 90s era it felt like just such a to me it was just good cartoons were on but you know in retrospect it's like that was such a good time to be a creative voice and it felt like people were taking chances on him. Um, but I definitely feel like it fits, you know, like Quest was saying, in that sort of darker, more heavy humor <laughs> than the other ones are. Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting. Nickelodeon programming director Herb Scannell said the character design in Aura Monsters was partially inspired by Yellow Submarine, the 1968 animated film inspired by the Beatles. Uh, the character Gromble, which is like you know, like their headmaster, in particular bore a close resemblance to the blue meaning characters from that film. Kasupo uh, yeah, Kasupo said some elements of the show have a look similar to the film noir genre, and called the city dump where the monster characters reside, reminiscent of the visual style from the films Blade Runner in Brazil. Creativity. <laughs> yeah, and what's actually kind of funny, I, I didn't know this, but I might not remembered, but the characters guest starred in an uh, episode of Rugrats called Ghost Story, and before that, uh, Dave David Eccleston, who did the voice of Crumb, provided the monster voice coming from under Chucky's bed. Oh, cool! I've 
It's a little bit yeah. of crossover there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, Kablam! was an interesting show. It was kind of Robot Chicken before Robot Chicken existed. It was an animated sketch comedy show. And the only thing I remember from this, um, there was Prometheus and Bob, which you guys can find all the, you can find those all on YouTube. Uh, there was Henry and June where like, they were like the, like kind of like the host of it almost, uh, which were like two human characters. And then wasn't, wasn't originally Action League now part of Kablam too? Yeah. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, and then it got spun off into its own series. Yeah, so that's the the most the, most, the strongest memory I actually have of the show with Action League now. Yeah, <laughs> there's the Flesh, which was <laughs> essentially a naked action figure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's super strong and super naked. <laughs> uh, the figure used for Flush was a modified Conan the Adventurer action figure. Um, there's Thunder Girl. She flies like thunder. Uh, there's Stinky Diver, uh, which yeah. is a former Navy commando with an attitude as bad as his odor. And he is an altered 1994 G.I. Joe shipwreck action figure. Uh, yeah, and then Thunder Girl is supposed to basically be Wonder Woman. I remember Meltman with the power to melt. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know what figure he was supposed to be, obviously, since he was all melted. Uh, there's the Chief, which the Chief was made putting together and modifying parts from Play School Play People dollhouse figures. So there you go, Matt. Quest. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Justice, the Chief's beloved golden retriever, uh, the mayor, um, Billy the lab guy, Hodgepodge. Uh, Hodgepodge was accidentally thrown into a chopped and chopped up into a blender, then horribly rebuilt by Bill the lab guy against his will, making him a freak with parts of random toys and household objects. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Action League Now is like the only thing, like you're saying, that I remember pretty much from Kablam besides Prometheus and Bob, which was like, you know, the alien and, and the, you know, the, the cave guy trying to be taught. He was trying to teach him all these different things and, and whatnot. Yeah, I remember that. And, that and those, cool. those I know you could find on YouTube too. Cause when I remember when the movie Prometheus came out last year, I was trying to find a joke that we could, we could tweet from <laughs> our, our Twitter channel about Prometheus with Prometheus and Bob, but, couldn't ever get anything that I could that, that seemed like it would have been funny. But yeah, I mean that's Kablam and wasn't Kablam also part of I wanna say Kablam was part of like a different show in of itself too, right? I felt like it was like played in between segments of another show. Oh yeah, it was it was on during Snick. Yeah, Nic that's what I was gonna say. Nickelodeon's yeah. version yeah. of TGIF on Saturdays. That's that. Yeah, that's what it was. Because I was thinking all that, but that was probably because it would play in between like all that, and you know. But yeah, from there, Hey Arnold, uh, Hey Arnold was another favorite of mine, uh, and they did a, a film for this as well. Uh, so what do you guys remember about about Hey Arnold? I remember the the movie was actually supposed to you know lead into. 
actually, you know, there's a, it was either a movie or there was a series of episodes that were supposed to lead into the movie to like so you found out what happened to his parents and then like his parents actually weren't dead but they finally came back at the end of that but then the show got canceled then they never got to do that. So, yeah, football head. Yeah, move it, football head. Yeah, uh, apparently the inspiration for Stevie Griffin. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. You look at the shape of the head, and it's like, yeah. Well, hey, man, it's good character design. And there's Helga, you uh, know, uh, Gerald. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, go What were you saying? I was just gonna say. I was gonna say, like, I feel like around this point is where I don't know, age-wise, where I guess I started gravitating away from. Because I do remember my little sister's about seven years younger than me, and she was all about Hey Arnold. She, it was her favorite, and I do remember that, but uh, memories of the show are kind of leading. It's got some animated uh, veter- voice actor veterans like Morris LaMarche, who you guys remember from Pinky and the Brain. Uh, Phil Van Dyke yes. did a voice, too. He was, I think he was the voice of Grandpa on the show. But, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed Hey Arnold. It it was somewhat like in the same vein for me as like as Doug, because I don't know I liked the shows that revolved like around like a kid that wasn't exactly all that popular, but he had like a best friend, and then there's like like a girl that he liked, which seemed to be the formula for all the shows that I liked when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know obviously Corey Topanga, Doug, Patty, uh, Kevin Arnold, Winnie Cooper. So and then yeah, definitely this. <laughs> But uh, from their Angry Beavers, I have an Angry Beavers t-shirt, which I always get compliments on when I wear it. Uh, I, I love this show, and I think I'll, actually a lot of these are on, on Netflix. Instant. Again, I'm talking about Netflix. Uh, Daggett with, and Norbert yeah, were awesome. I really like the voice acting in Angry Beavers. Uh, they just captivated my attention. Yeah, Nick, just like, uh, Nick Bate McKay and uh, Richard Stephen Harvitz are, were pretty awesome. Yeah, and even the storyline, that's where they had the Stump, right? Yes, like, yep, they had, Stump. Like, little commercials for Stump. Well, then, and then Stump was was Daggett's best friend, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I remember they did, like, you know, like these uh, kind of parodies of, like, superheroes, like the Muscular Beaver. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, apparently there's one unaired episode of the show, uh, 62 aired. Uh, but and again, this is on that ni- the '90s were all that uh, Teen Nick. But yeah, I, I really liked this. It was another one of the shows, and they're available on DVD too from Shout Factory too. So, and I th- Shout Factory actually in- posted some on Instagram the other day that hinted at possibly them releasing uh, the entire series on DVD, like a complete series DVD. So. Looking forward to seeing if that actually happens because I would definitely want that. Uh, next yes. one is, is Cat Dog. Hate that show, so we can talk about Wild Thornberries now. <laughs> uh, it wasn't yeah. that bad. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really hated Cat Dog. I just found it really annoying. Um, yeah. I watched a lot of Cat Dog. I mean, I will. I mean, there there was. There was good voice cast to it. Billy West again did a voice. Jim Cummings did a voice. Tom Kenny did a voice. Carlos Alzaraki did a voice. So I mean, it had 
that going for it. There's one thing I couldn't get over, though, when I was a kid. I was like, I bet you guys can, can think of what I was trying to figure out the entire time I was watching this. It was interesting to see how, like, they wrote into the script how, like, a two-ended cat-dog thing reacted, like, yeah. to different situations. You know, like, one was cold, the other was hot. You know, you know that kind of deal. And you know, Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like on a play on the, that kind of stuff. the odd couple. And yeah. Tom Kenny did the voice of dog, Jim Cummings did the voice of cat. It was interesting to see how the writers incorporated a double-ended animal, you know? I, so, I think the thing I could never get over was how do they go to the bathroom? Well, that, well that's, that's, that's what I'm pretty, talking about. Yeah, that's actually, I was going to say, well, uh, a highlight of Cat Dog was actually maybe like a year or two ago. Um, I honestly forget who it was, but there was an Ask Me Anything with an artist, uh, an animation artist, and some, and he was just like, people, just tell me something to draw. And someone told him to draw a cat dog pooping. <laughs> and <laughs> just to draw him, like, the, the dog just upright, being aggressively pooping, and the cat with a really worried look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, can think of this episode of South Park. Uh, do you guys know what episode of South Park I'm talking about? Yeah. The, Put the, yes. Goes in the mouth comes out the butt oh, goes in the butt comes okay. out the mouth oh oh yeah 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 <laughs> martha stewart eats the turkey yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> all right moving on moving on from from cat dog uh wild thornberries uh another show from classic kasupo uh which is which you would explain the crossover between rugrats and the wild thornberries for the movie there's also wild thornberries standalone movie as well uh i had it was kind of almost like a play on dr doolittle but like eliza thornberry gets like these magical powers to be able to talk to animals and uh flea from the red hot chili peppers does the voice of her adoptive brother uh i don't remember his, his do you guys remember his name what the hell is the character's name Who? what are you talking about oh Dar- was it darwin no Mike, the Nigel Thornberry? No, Nigel Thornberry was her dad. Eliza Thornberry was yeah. the, the youngest daughter. Oh, Darwin was the name of the monkey. Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Donnie Thornberry was voiced by Flea. Yeah, and then there was Debbie Thornberry, uh, voiced by Daniel Harris. Uh, Nigel Thornberry was voiced by Tim Curry, which was awesome. Uh, partially inspired by... Uh, Sir David Attenborough. Uh, I remember I really liked the Wild Thornberries because I I just thought that was cool that she could talk to animals and stuff like that and like the different and that it was shot like within the idea that they were doing all these different uh, uh, kind of nature documentaries. So like each episode they were in a different place. So there wasn't besides the fe- besides like the really cool RV that they had. Uh, what did you what do you guys remember about Wild Thornberries? Nigel Thornberry, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that line whenever we're there, they were doing like the documentary, and be like, "This is Nigel Thornberry." <laughs> I remember Tom Kane doing the voice of Darwin, uh, who would actually—I want to say that he went on to do the voice. Uh, I was gonna say I thought he did the voice of. Um, 
Yeah, no, he does. He does do the voice of the narrator and Yoda in Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series. So I was correct in assuming that. All right, go ahead. You, now you go ahead, Hardman. <laughs> yeah, uh, like Wes said, you know, Tim Curry, uh, definitely the standout of the show. Um, uh, even, uh, you know, being a horror fan at the time, too, Daniel Harris was very integral to uh, parts four and five of Halloween. So her being on the show was always... I mean, honestly didn't know that Flea was on there until you mentioned it, which is, <laughs> if I had known, would have been cool. <laughs> A.K.A. Needles from Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Uh, Surfer Punk from Point Break. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did look up to you uh, that Thornberries was the first uh, one of the Nick teams to go full 22 minutes instead of having split. Uh, okay. the, instead of doing like the two 10-minute story. Uh, yeah, so going from from Wild Thornberries to Spongebob Squarepants, which I believe is actually the longest-running Nicktoon, because it started on May 1st, 1999. And Jeez, it's, yeah. And it, yeah, it's still on. Because I remember it was on when we were in high school. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, on a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, and actually, when I did my, my film class, where I got to go to... I got to visit Nickelodeon Animation Studios, and I had to run into the bathroom at one point, and uh, Steven Hillenberg was in there, so that, that was interesting. Yeah. Cause, yeah there's there's sounds coming from the, from the bathroom, and then after I was done with my business, as I was washing my hands, he started, he came out and was washing his hands. So that's always like a weird memory I have now when watching SpongeBob, is that I could hear the creator of SpongeBob dropping a deuce at Nickelodeon Animation <laughs> Studios. So, yeah. That, that, and, and what a better memory to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, SpongeBob is kind of like in that same kind of humor as Rocco's Modern Life and Run the Stimpy Show, uh, where it's it's kind of, kind of subversive humor, and there's, you know, definitely adult humor in there, which I remember at, at points people got, like, there's parents that got like really mad about it and didn't want their kids watching. It, like I mean, the show takes place in Bikini Bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the movie was awesome though. The, like the half live action bits, like with David Hasselhoff. Uh, and because I remember I liked the, the movie a lot for that. Actually, I, I need to eventually upgrade to the Blu-ray for that. Uh, Thomas Wilson, who, if everybody should remember as Biff from Bats Featured, has done various characters on the show. Uh, D. Bradley Baker, who does the voice of Perry the Platypus, as well as, you know, the, the clones on Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and various other things. Uh, Johnny Depp did a voice, actually, in one episode of this. John Rice davies did a voice. Uh, I mean, there's been there's been tons of, you know, like, kind of bigger actors of that love SpongeBob so much that they've decided to do a cameo thing. I want to say, at one point, Ricky Gervais guested as a a character on there as yeah, well. I think, yeah, I feel like it was like a precursor to the way that um, Yo Gabba Gabba is now, where like celebrities' kids love it, so they're like, "Oh, cool! I want to do this for my kids." Yeah, so it definitely has yeah. feel to it. Yeah, I mean, like, what do you guys? Is I think my favorite episode of SpongeBob. We got to watch it in my. I took a class called Audio for Media in college. 
which that was the best class I took because we got to watch the Back to the Future trilogy, and that was apparently classwork uh, <laughs> for the sound effects. Uh, but then we watched an episode of Spongebob where it was an episode where Spongebob finds the swear word on the wall. And whenever they say the swear word, it's like, you know, the the nautical like sound effects for like like a dolphin or something like that. <laughs> so, so I think that's my favorite episode of the show. Still. But like, what do you guys think about Spongebob and or do you still even like watch it, actually? I've, uh, you know, uh, I was never actively watched it, but I appreciated it. Continuing that absurdist, uh, gross-out humor from the Nicktoons from when we were young. I mean, you know, I wasn't terribly old at the time. Like you said, when it started in 99, that was my last year of high school. But I do remember it being, like, the first Nickelodeon show that kind of just became a pop culture phenomenon. Like, I can remember, like, people from all walks of life wearing Spongebob shirts and having plush Spongebobs. Like, I feel like it definitely had a crossover appeal that wasn't just like nerdy kids who love cartoons um so like uh I, I, in that regard i think success success and it i think it paved the way for cartoons being a little more appreciated instead of just being tucked away as like uh, this little subgenre of things that exists like I was, with that cross it with that big appeal that it made totally. because now cartoons can't they feel like they run <laughs> I bet you, Matt Quest. Yeah, I mean, it's been around for so long, and I've, you know, caught an episode here or there, you know, if I'm like in an emergency room watching the TV in the waiting room, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a good cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's a good cartoon. And you know it, it's such a long-running show now, and it's it's good to see that you know a lot of people like it, um, and it, it just comes back to that humor as well, that kind of edgy humor that you know we really like, and it, that's what I think makes it uh, successful. Definitely. Uh, the the next show is Rocket Power, yet another show from Classic Kasupo. Uh, and this was kind of like based around these four kids that did like extreme sports type things. Uh, freaking Gary Busey did a voice <laughs> for this series. <laughs> I wonder if he really thought he was in the cartoon when he was doing the voice. He probably tried to put himself in the cartoon, yes. He's like, yeah. why, why am I not actually in this? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I remember this. There, uh, It was never really big. I don't, I don't, as big as, you know, like, as the other shows that Classic Ikasupo did. Uh, do you guys, did you guys watch this at all? I watched it a bit. I remember there being, uh, like, Sam the Squid Dullard was, like, the, you know, like, nerdy kid that ended up becoming friends with these kids. So, like, do you guys, do you remember anything about it? I, I honestly had to look it up. Like, I, I don't even recall <laughs> ever hearing about the show, but... I did see that uh, John Kasser, who is the Crypt Keeper, did a voice on the show. So that, oh, yeah. that makes me kind of want to seek it out a little bit. But uh, yeah, I honestly have no recollection of the show at all. I I remember quite a bit about this show. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it would appeal more to, to you, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I was in the skateboard era of my time. 
and you know when this came out it was kind of like eh, it's, it's skateboard i like the skateboard but maybe it's too you know cartoony for me but it was okay like i saw a lot of the episodes and i thought it was pretty good um there i, th- I remember there was like one episode where i think they had tony hawk come in and like yeah. a star and you know they took him through like uh the kids or they took the kids through like Tony Hawk's like whatever skate or private skate park. And oh, I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, it, it's definitely a blast from the past and it shall stay in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And most of these are on iTunes too, as, as yeah. well as Netflix. So if they're not on Netflix, you can always check them out or buy them if you did like them. And on, on iTunes too, the, the other one, I, I think saw like three minutes of an episode once, uh, which is another series from Classic Kasupo and is called As Told by Ginger. Uh, I don't really remember anything about this except for those three minutes that I watched of that one <laughs> episode. But it was it's kind of interesting because it's an animated series that's a teen drama, which you don't really see a lot. So, I mean, I, I you can give that to it where it was you know, kind of trying to do something different. But I can't personally speak about anything about it since I didn't watch too much of it. I don't know if either of you guys did probably not though i don't recall yeah all i remember is that yeah, like looking at oh God. i would say looking at images of it i feel like i remember when it when they premiered it like i feel like them making a big deal like about the show coming out i feel like personally like maybe i just you know aside from regrets like everything on like i just the animation from that studio i'm just personally not a fan of and i feel like right. it all looks you know it all obviously looks the same it's the same studio but Maybe that's why. I, <laughs> I was just I, like, eh, no, nah, no thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, because her lips were weird because they were like on the very bottom of <laughs> her face. And it seems like yeah. they should have been up higher. Somebody even, I think if you Google search that, so you can see like Ginger from, as told by Ginger, is deformed because of how far her lips are down on her face. Yeah, like, oh, she's her got chin. no chin. <laughs> yeah, she, her lips are on her chin. It's weird. <laughs> But yeah, go from that, uh, the Fairly Odd Parents, which is, I think, the second longest running anim- or animated series, Nick slash, you know, Nicktoon on Nickelodeon, um, which was created by Butch Hartman, Voices of Tara Strong, Gray DeLuise, Frankie Muniz, uh, Jason Marsden, yeah, uh, D. Bradley Baker, Rob Paulson, Tom Kenny's, Jay Leno, yeah, awesome. Um,. <laughs> So I mean, it's it's had a very extensive voice cast. Uh, I always liked. Uh, I mean, Tara Strong is the voice of Timmy Turner on the show, and now I haven't watched it recently. But apparently, I didn't even know it was actually still on. But uh, Timmy's fairly odd parents, or fairy godparents, sorry. Um, Cosmo and Wanda now have a baby, and he also has a. Like a dog that's a fairy too, and I remember just that. I I kind of liked the idea of the show, like you know, like or like his parents in it, like pay attention to him. So he got like these fairy, odd fairy godparents to like kind of help him out, and they did crossover episodes with the anime series we'll talk about in a second with the Jimmy Neutron, which I thought was cool how they would go from the CG world to the that 2D hand-drawn animated world and how they would do mess with the character designs like that and how they would like comment on it and whatnot during the series. But I, I always liked uh, Darren Norris as the voice of 
as Cosmo. I thought he was funny. Um, and then I didn't even realize that actually Frankie Muniz had done the voice of Chester McBad, but I always thought it was Jason Marsden doing it. But maybe Frankie Muniz did it the first season or something, and then after his voice changed, Jason Marsden was able to, you know, recapture it. So what do you, what do you guys remember? About, did you watch? Actually, hold on, sorry. They did a they did two live action things of these of this too, where Timmy was played by Drake Bell, right, recently. But even even though he's supposed to have aged to where he would have been actually known yeah. in real time, but he's still in the same grade he was, and everything else is still the same. <laughs> so I, I don't really know how that was supposed to work, but yeah. So what, what do you guys? remember about the show do you still watch it or what do you think about it matt hardman and the matt quest um i remember the um lacking the animation a lot like i was saying like it seemed like for a while nickelodeon was just churning out that same style over and over again so it was definitely like a nice change of pace um uh you know i felt like it it fell into you know being a little safer than a lot of nickelodeon shows um, so it never really like stuck with me, but definitely like the art. It obviously, uh, just, even just looking at it, it, obviously went on to inspire uh, uh, Giant Neutron, but uh, or Jimmy Neutron. I mean, um, I feel like you know uh, there had to be some influence on the Powerpuff Girls too. Like at least like the style and the setup of the animation. Like I feel like there had to be some sort of influence there. They share a lot to me, in in my opinion. How you met Quest? Yeah, I've seen only a couple episodes of the Fairly Odd Parents, um, but I mean, like Matt Harmon was saying, it's you know it was a nice break in the character style. I I like the you know style that they're going with with this, and it is like you said, it's the second uh, longest running cartoon. It it you know they have a good uh, uh, cast of people for this, and I think it's a pretty good show. So guys, definitely check that out if you've not seen it yet. We're going to go through this last little bit of the shows a little bit quicker than we've been going through them. Uh, Invader Zim, I remember it was huge when we were in high school, like especially for like the kind of like goth kids. Uh, but but now, now my son Patrick really likes it, and, and he found it on Netflix, so he's been watching that. Dude, I enjoyed it. That was like a quick, like, quick, like... There was a lot of quick action in that show, I feel like. And it kept my attention. Uh, see, yeah, I remember um, they just sold a lot of stuff for the Hot Topic, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that's that's part of what I was going to chime in with. Uh, honestly, didn't see it until, like, well into my 20s. Um, after, like, I guess, you know, a few years after it had been out and gone. Uh, one of my roommates at the time had it. And, you know, it was unbelievably good. Like, I, I knew the, the artist, the Johan Vasquez, um his giant homicidal maniac comics. Uh, I had no, you know, like I just had no idea that it was him that had inspired and created the shoe. But, um, it, uh, being a former, uh, manager for the, the, the old hot topic, there is just an undying love for that show that to this day still goes <laughs> on. Uh, you know, you would think that, you know, with the years and years that it's gone away, like that it would start to die down, but it's just constant. You put, a girl on anything and people just love it so like I feel like there's definitely something within those characters that resonated with people that continues to like you're St. Patrick's uh, getting into it now like it definitely feels that quality of those first Nicktoons 
Like I feel like it could have happened yeah. back then and and fit in perfectly. Um, but it's, it's definitely going to be something that probably people will still enjoy until our time on this trip is gone. Yeah. So and going from that, Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, which Nickelodeon actually debuted with the film that they did for it. And then, like a year or so later, they spun off into the animated series. And this was actually the first CG animated series that they did. And remember, that was, I think that was like the first actually CG animated series like on TV at the time. Because they had, there had been really people, you know, trying to do an animated series like that. I mean, besides besides Reboot and whatnot. But I, I kind of I liked this. I liked the... I liked the different things that happened on the show. Rob Paulson did the voice of, of Carl Weezer on there. Um, and I, I did like the crossovers that they did with with Jim, or with Fairy Odd Parents, and I liked the character of Jimmy himself. But there was a spinoff that like I randomly saw on TV one day that was called Planet Sheen. And I'm not sure like how it <laughs> how it fit in to the series, but apparently it's after sneaking into his best friend Jimmy Neutron's laboratory and finding Jimmy's secret rocket ship, Sheen Estevez accidentally blasts himself. And did you guys like his last name or isn't his name too? <laughs> yes, I like that. Yeah. Uh, accidentally blasts himself into outer space when he just, he disobeyed Jimmy's warning note. Sheen, do not press this button. Press the button Jimmy mentioned in his note. Someone's got to say the note a lot of time. That uh, four million and one light years away, Sheen crashes on Xenu, an odd planet inhabited by aliens called Xenunians. Soon after the crash, Sheen wants to go home, but his rocket ship was smashed when they flew into a house belonging to a Xenunian named Dorcas, whose name Sheen ridiculous ridicules for similarity to the word dork. So yeah, <laughs> so apparently that's its connection to the show. Uh, and it was also attached to a, a fanboy in Chum Chum. Um, but Thomas Lennon did a voice in this as well as, again, Rob Paulson. And Soleil Moonfry did a voice too, who you guys may remember as Punky Brewster. Oh, no way. Yeah. She's got, I think she's got like one of the coolest names too. Soleil, I don't know. Congratulations to her hippie parents for, for naming her that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, did you guys ever watch Jimmy Neutron or its spinoff Planet Sheen? Yeah, I watched. I watched a little bit of Jimmy Neutron because it was one of the only 3D like uh, CG uh, you know cartoons on at that time. And I remember this is when I was you know starting to learn um, you know 3D. And I remember the I actually did a lot of research on the show and I learned how to do vegetation from Jimmy Neutron because there's a software program called XFrog and that's how they populated the vegetation in the actual cartoon. So I kind of, you know, researched that, learned how to do that. And I kind of took that way, that away from it. So I started to learn from like watching cartoons at that point. Nice. It's cool. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, so the, the next thing uh, again, created by Butch Hartman is Danny Phantom which we talked about a bit before in the past, uh, which is basically about a kid that gets after with like this machine that his parents that kind of search for ghosts gets after with. He turns into kind of he becomes like a superhero that can turn into a ghost if he wants to, and he can fight the ghosts. 
Uh, I watched this a bit. Did you guys ever watch it as as well, or was this kind of one that kind of went over your head? This one slipped me. I didn't see this. Yeah. I feel like they probably did a good job marketing it because I at least am aware of it, and I've seen it places, but I I honestly never seen it though. Yeah. Uh, and Shop Factory has done some DVDs for this too, and it is on Netflix too. Uh, the next one is on my list of shame because I've only seen maybe like three or four episodes of this show, and I've I've also yeah, seen yeah, and you need to catch yeah, up on it. I need to watch it, and I, I've seen uh, the first couple episodes of its uh, sequel series, uh, and the series I'm talking about is Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, which is one of the like most widely renowned uh, Nicktoons that has ever existed. Uh, and yeah, I, I know Matt loves this sh- uh, Matt Quest loves this show, so we'll let... <laughs> Go for it, Quest. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the best cartoons that I have seen come out, like, honestly, ever. I uh, The artwork, the art design for this, I have uh, the uh, artwork... Art, yeah, the artwork. Artwork. <laughs> <laughs> the the art book for the show and you wouldn't I mean just the designs and the amount of work that they put into the characters and the sets and the, like the design of all the environments in the show is amazing the storyline is great I've seen every episode of The Last Airbender and they, you know how they tried to make like a live action version yeah. totally different <laughs> awful, terrible they just totally like miss the essence of the cartoon which is you know ang as uh the last airbender he's just got this like playful kind of carefreeness and like the movie kind of played him off as a serious little kid and i'm like no that's not it and it's just something you can't make into a live action movie and it's so i mean the cartoon is so good just the storyline the premise of uh like the the benders like the water and like the where it takes you like the story of the whole like um it's like the the whole premise about the whole episodes is like uh ang trying to you know figure out um how to master all the airbending or the all the um bending in the universe and it's just it's the it, it it keeps your attention and keeps you waiting for more like you can't wait to see the next episode like when i first sat down and started watching this i did not want to get up it just it captivates you you want to you know you want another episode you got to watch another episode i could i could seriously watch this again in the weekend it's that good so yeah. you better watch it Mark. yeah it's it's like one of those rare like shows that's that's kind of aimed at both adults and kids but it's yeah. it's very serialized too. Like, it's it's not like an episodic kind of show. Like, they they do call back no, on things that happened and and episodes beforehand. Like from the few that I have watched. Yeah, it it really it's like you're always working towards like that last episode, and, and if, it's just the suspense is awesome. Have you watched that first season of the the sequel series, The Legend of Korra, too? I haven't seen that yet, but it's on my list. Uh, that's pretty good. I watched the first episodes of that because they had them for free on iTunes like last year. Yeah. So I downloaded them and uh, I liked that a lot. And it, that show looks great in HD. I, I wish that they could have been, been able to do the Last Airbender in HD. But yeah, I definitely need to cross this off my shameless and actually watch the, the entire series. 
Uh, Hardman, have you got Holy a? Uh, have you watched? This? I'm in. I'm in the same uh, shame boat as you. Just uh, oh, episodes man. here and there, oh. but definitely, definitely appreciation for it. Um, I'm honestly surprised that it it uh, was so long before Nickelodeon took took a chance on like this style of animation, like okay. a little more, yeah. a little more grown up, a little more, you know, more um, anime influenced. Um, and with the storytelling too, like with it, with it uh, telling a continuous story. Like yeah, I don't uh, maybe like hints of something here and there in previous ones, but this one being different than the other Nicktoons and telling that complete story, I feel like it was a good move. Um, a good thing to like keep, keep the their creative output fresh and and it's just a cool story yeah. too. Like a like a Quest was saying, like utilizing the um, the Earth elements into the storyline is pretty awesome. Very Captain Planety of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the the next show is Back at the Barnyard, which is kind of like a sequel to the animated Nickelodeon film Barnyard that Steve Oderkirk did. Uh, Steve Oderkirk directed the. He's directed many films, like he did the. Kung Pao, Enter the Fists, and he did uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. He's written a lot of films as well. Uh, but this, I just I just found this out, was that the setting is unknown, but is heavily implied to be in the fictional Arizona town of Odeville. While the setting strongly resembles Arizona, the Grand Canyon has been depicted in some episodes. Some have questioned whether or not it's Arizona or a made-up setting. According to the original film and an episode of the spinoff, Odeville, which... Steve Odekirk, most likely named after himself, is 20 miles from the actual city of Phoenix. So apparently I'm very close to the Barnyard uh, and Odeville. Yeah. Uh, there's still debate whether yeah. this should be the official location because there are many scenes in the show where the nature background does not look li- at all like Arizona. It is green and hilly, whereas Arizona is more of a, obviously, a, a desert-like era, area, which is dry yeah. and sandy. Uh, but... I didn't realize this either. Is that Otis, who is actually is the main character, the the cow, who was voiced by Kevin James in the film, is voiced by Chris Hardwick in the animated series. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, this isn't going. The show isn't going on anymore because he's really busy doing all his nerdist stuff. Um, but Rob Paulson also did a voice in this too. I watched a few episodes of this. Uh, Wanda Sykes does the voice on the series as well. And did you guys ever see the film or or this series? I've I've caught like an episode, and it's it's a little weird. Yeah. Like the the cow, like the main cow guy, it's like it looks like a dude in a cow suit yeah. with like a cow head. It's it's a little weird, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it I I mean I can't remember. Uh, any of the episodes so it must have not really captivated my attention very well but yeah. um i know the fact that it was a little character design's a little weird that's what i took from yeah i go to quest on that There's a... it just looks very bizarre <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of it almost it's so bizarre that it makes me want to watch more of it like <laughs> i think it's on netflix too i'm not sure entirely that it is but i think it is uh, yeah, so going from there, the, the last few we're going to talk about. Uh, the last one, uh, or, or this one, I never actually watched, but I just want to kind of 
mention it because I remember it was created by and it starred Amy Pollard. Uh, it's called The Mighty Bee, and I guess it it was based kind of around uh, this character that Amy Poehler had played during her time at Second City and the Upright Citizens Brigade, um, and it looked like her when she was younger. Um, but Amy Poehler did a voice on this, uh, D. Bradley Baker, Andy Richter. Uh, so, did, did you guys ever watch this? I, I never did myself, but... Cause, I mean, to me, it didn't really appeal to me, and for a while, I didn't really like Amy Poehler that much. Uh-huh. But exactly. <laughs> I've, I've grown to, to not like her a lot in the years. Um, I, I never... Oh, sorry, good, good work, Chris. I, I, you go right ahead. I really am lost on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm honestly legitimately bummed that I'm lost on this one. Like, I'm not familiar with it either, but from researching it, like, just looking at things from it, yeah, like, almost all of the characters, like, the main character, it's totally, um, this sort of, like, slurred speech uh, character that Amy used to do on Upright Citizen Brigade all the time, just, like, this kind of dorky, uh, silly girl, um, but now that, you know, like, I had no idea that that, I mean, I didn't even know the show existed, but, <laughs> um, but looking at, uh, designs, it's even, like, some of the, the character drawings and designs, it's, like, other variations of characters from her uprises and Brigade days, which is a show near and dear to my heart, uh, so I definitely would recommend everybody else check this out, and I will check it out, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and from there, I'm gonna mess these last two all together, Penguins Madagascar, Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness. And Monsters vs. Aliens are all recent ones that are showing kind of Nickelodeon's partnership with DreamWorks and uh, spinning off their characters from the films into these animated series. Uh, I've seen a few episodes of Kung Fu Panda and the Penguins Madagascar uh, where the animation... It's kind of funny, though, that actually the Dragons animated series is on Cartoon Network and that they weren't able to do like a deal with that, too, for as a Nicktoon because it seems, you know, kind of weird that all these three are on here, but then that one yeah. isn't. That's, I don't know, it's weird. Um, anyways, the animation, obviously it's TV budget, so it looks a bit, a little bit cruder than it would for the way you remember it from the films. And don't be expecting the voice cast that you, you loved from the film. <laughs> Although, when Matt, and I, Matt Quest and I talked about the Monster vs. Aliens cast last week, I was actually surprised by some of the people doing voices. Like, Chris O'Dowd is actually doing the voice of Dr. Cockroach. So I thought that was interesting. I didn't expect him to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, but, and then the other thing was the, the new Ninja Turtles animated series that Matt Quest and I have talked about extensively in the, our Ninja Turtles episode we did back in episode 30. Uh, but uh, Matt Hardman, what do you think about the Ninja Turtles series? The new one. I love uh, the first thing that stuck out to me was I like that some of the character designs I feel like harken back to um, the comic book, like a lot of the the angular uh, way that the turtles look, and um, and I feel like some of the the cho- like the new uh, designs for the baggy like the way that Crane looks now, like I feel like it's. Um, it's cool to, it's cool to like, uh, you know, of course, in my head, I'm like, how dare you change the turtles? Uh, yeah. 
how dare Baxter, Baxter Stockman not be a fly anymore. But um, I think it's cool to see that property still have legs. You know, so, like something that obviously in our day and age was probably bigger than Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's cool to see it still exist and, you know, like still have a a way to like, you know, still see kids stoked about it. Like just still walk around and see kids saying Cowabunga is pretty rad. Yeah. My, my son just got a Michelangelo Ninja Turtle action figure the other day. So from this new show. He did, he did an awesome drawing of it. I oh, yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty proud of that. He did like a 3D kind of draw. Because yeah, he did like the red and blue outline of it drawing so it could be 3D. But <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, those are our, our, our awesome. discussion about Nicktoons today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Don't forget, you can follow us all individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I'm at Questpact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. And I am at Captain Narcolepsy, at C-A-P-N-N-A-R-C-O-L-E-P-S-Y. Did you have to think about how to spell it for a second? I did, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big word, why did I do that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Or you can also follow the show itself at Animated Podcast. Uh, feel free to email us with those questions if you have any for, for Peter Lord, the interview that's going to be coming up in the middle of next month, uh, animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, visit our site where we have news daily from writers like Mr. Matt Hardiman himself and as well as uh, John Huber and Phil Shenton and Mr. Stanford Clark. Uh as you can also check us out on Facebook and like us there just by searching for Animation Fascination. Uh, so for myself, I'm Mark Vibbert, Matt Quest, and our guest host, Matt Hardman. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. See you later. If you watch Nick like I watch Nick, then I think you with me. Since 1991, on August 11th, Nick Tunes, Nickelodeon cartoons on the day of the sun. Start the beats off with Doug, Quail Man, I'm a slug, Skeeter. Pork chop, Roger Claus, I love that, but I'll bump that. I watch Rugrats, Time to Chill, Tommy, Chucky, Angelica, Phil Lil, Next is Stimson, J Cat, Rain Hoy, Space Madness. What do you think, Mr. Horse? No, sir, I don't like it. Gotta give a shout to this show. A wallaby, it's Rocco's. Modern Lights with Blue and Heaven and Spunky Rambaco Clamo. Charlie Atla voice dead. Both Ed and Ben Big Head. Wild Dumb, Stimpy, sometimes Ran Billy West. All grown up on SpongeBob. Danny Phantom, Jimmy Neutron. But gotta get props to the tunes on top. Them Nick tunes that started the job. And that's Doug Rock, Grass Rock, Over and Stimpy. gonna sneeze um what the hell okay i was gonna sneeze and then it are you okay yeah it was coming and then it just kind of stopped uh what have you seen honestly i didn't see that here <laughs> all right I'll... cut it and i'm just gonna go look at it right now all right so matt heart or poop quest <laughs> <laughs> Three. Yes. Three, two. That was Ooh, long. That was. I got a piece <laughs> so bad. <right> <laughs>
Nick, 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 Nick,